All right, Justin. Today, we don't have a song. As most everybody knows, this past week, the actor Chadwick Boseman passed away after battling stage four colon cancer for the last four years. And in honor of that, we are doing an episode talking about the last three movies that Chadwick Boseman did that we have not talked about on the podcast. Now, we will be talking about Black Panther, which we did bring up in a matchup episode, but we have not specifically just talked about Black Panther just as it is. So today we'll just be doing that and uh, well, not just the movie Black Panther, but we will be talking about the last three movies he did. So there is no song for this because obviously that would be incredibly shitty of me to do. So on that note, I'll cue the music. But before that, just remember, guys, Wakanda forever. Hey, Senate fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Simmons Lawyers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And like I said at the beginning, we will be doing a little mini Chadwick Boseman retrospective. And I just mean mini because it's just going to be a very small part of his career and not a mini episode. Uh, We will be talking about, like I said, the last three movies he did that we have not talked about. So there will be no Avengers Endgame. We won't be talking about... Avengers Infinity War or Defy Bloods because we've already talked about those. So we will be talking about the movies Marshall, 21 Bridges, and we will also do kind of like a recap of Black Panther because we did start the podcast right after Black Panther came out. So we will just be doing, uh, we will be talking about what we liked and like and everything in between with those movies. And I kind of just figured since we're just kind of doing an overcap of Black Panther and stuff like that, uh, we won't necessarily do the whole spoilers, non-spoilers for Black Panther. Just kind of give your feelings and your score and your recommendation of of Black Panther. So we'll start with you, Justin, since I, if I'm remembering correctly, you were the one that had Black Panther in that movie matchup. It was so long ago that we did that. It was like two years ago. Um, but we'll start with you, Justin. What are your thoughts on Black Panther? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, at the time that we did our uh, movie matchup, which was just uh, all of us giving our opinion on what we thought the best uh, Marvel movie was at that time, I did say that I thought that Black Panther was the best Marvel movie at that time. Maybe I feel a little bit different now, you know, having seen things like Endgame and uh you know, um, the Spider-Man Spider-Verse and different things like that. So I don't know, maybe I feel a little bit differently today, but, um, I have seen this movie Black Panther several times and I still really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's, it's always an easy watch for me. I don't ever struggle to get through it or anything like that. And I think that, um, 
Black Panther, I, I think um, even recently, I did kind of asked a question on my social media and everything, and I asked people, okay, if you could take four of the Marvel movies and you had to put them, and you had to pick four of the best ones or the most influential ones or the most significant ones and do like a Rushmore, which four would you pick? And Black Panther was one of the ones I picked. And I still do believe that. I think that if you're talking about a Rushmore of Marvel movies, I think Black Panther has to be there. I think that it's cultural significance and what it is and what it stood for and what it tried to do, I think, um, will always be significant to comic book films. Uh, and I think that, um, that is something that kind of solidifies it as one of the more, uh, influential movies that they've had. I mean, just, um, talking about the significance of the movie, regardless of what angle you look at it from, whether uh, just how influential it was when it came out, the billion dollars that it made, the fact that it was kind of the first um, MCU movie to really um, let its lead character be a superhero of color. It was the first one that they had done um in the in the MCU cinematic universe, of course, there's Blade and stuff like that that had come out prior. But as far as the MCU, this was the first one. But uh, this was the first real billion dollar money maker. So I think that that speaks to Black Panther's significance. You know, it, it showed that yes, you can you can have a uh, an MCU movie like this where it's led by a character of color and it can still make that billion dollars. It can still drive uh, people to the movie theater. So I, that significance just can't be understated. Um, and part of the reason for that was uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, performance as Black Panther. Um, when I first saw him when he's first introduced in the role in Civil War, I mean, it just felt like a good fit. Like, like you know, sometimes when, it's like when you buy that perfect pair of shoes, you know, you, you go to the shoe store or everything like that. And sure, I'm sure you have a bunch of shoes at home and they're all the same size and I'm sure that they fit. I mean, otherwise, why did you buy them? But then there's that pair. And I think you know what I'm talking about. That pair that they just slide into your feet and they just seem more comfortable than all the other pair that you have. And that, and that, and that pair of shoes, you know, it almost just brings a smile to your face thinking about how comfortable they are. And those are the ones that you like to wear the most. And when the time has come to get rid of those shoes, you just hate it because you're like, Oh man, you know, I don't know if I will ever find a pair that fits quite like that. And that's how I felt about Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. The moment he appeared on screen, he didn't lose any star power or stardom to any of these other heroes that we had seen for years. He seemed to fit right in. He had that screen presence and he was just so significant in that Civil War movie. And then by the end, by the time the movie has its resolution and you see the resolve of Black Panther and kind of the, the way how he refused to 
kill the person that killed his father and the way that Chadwick delivers those lines and just the presence that he had, I immediately knew that Marvel Studios had made the right decision. Like I was convinced after Civil War, I didn't need to see a Black Panther movie to see that they had chosen the right Black Black Panther. And so then that segues into the Black Panther film. And I thought that Chadwick has a great performance in that movie. Um, now, granted, I do think that Killmonger um, it does wind up still in the show in that movie. I think that that was just a villain. That was a great villain in the movie. Um, I think that that was just... Um, one of the better done MCU villains, but I think you do have to separate. Was it, was it more the story that makes that character or was it just that the acting was, um, was just better than uh, Chadwick Boseman. So I think that's another story for another time, but just focusing on Chadwick, this is his uh, podcast tonight. Um, I, I think he carried that performance over. I think that he was good. He showed a lot of conviction uh, whenever he needed to be upset or angry. Uh, all the revelations that he finds out about his father and everything like that, he reacted to those things well. And I thought that he played the role with a lot of poise and um, ultimately was one of the things that really makes that movie work. So all in all, uh, I found Black Panther to be very enjoyable. It's one of the more colorful movies in the MCU. I thought that it was very prideful. It was culturally relevant. They really, I felt like they really let the director, Ryan Coogler, and the actors really just make their movie. And that's what it really felt like. It really felt like that movie for us. And by that, I just mean black people. You know, it was unapologetically black. The villain came from a place of anger because of black issues and things he experienced. The the stuff about should Wakanda open up its borders and help those out that look like them or should it close itself off? That whole seclusion argument is very much something that is argued in the black community and black people and the whole thing about Africans, people from Africa versus African, you know, American born uh, African Americans and things like that. All of these things are kind of in this movie and just the displays of African culture, the costumes and everything like that, uh, showing women that were empowered and strong also in the movie. So this will always be a movie near and dear to my heart for those reasons. We need more superhero movies like that. We need more movies that just show black people in a positive light, male and female. So that's why Black Panther will always be significant. And I do feel that Chadwick Boseman is a very big part of the reason why. And it wasn't just what he did in the film, but it was what he did outside of the film. 
anytime he made a media appearance, he was just so good about talking about why this is culturally relevant, why this is significant. He was always talking about being proud and being young and black and what this means for him to fulfill that role and what it means to other people and stuff like that. And he always just carried himself so well in the limelight and in the media. And I think that that really, um, you know, that helped transcend what this movie was. And so it was no shock to me around awards time. This was a movie that was brought up. This was a movie that won several awards. This was a movie that competed for best picture of the Oscars. I think that all of that was well-deserved. It was that kind of film that year that it came out. It was that kind of influential. And Chadwick Boseman was a very big part of that. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of definitely a given, I think. I mean, and, and I do want to start out by saying, like, I, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on the passing of Chadwick, just in general, just what a great loss that was. But, you know, I'm going to pace myself through it and just kind of talk about the the things at at hand right now. But... I, I do want to just say in general, like, it feels like <laughs> it's just a great loss for a lot of reasons, but not even just so much his undeniable talent, but also just what a genuinely, like, classy and good person that he seemed like he was that you hear from everybody. But um, but back to the point of Black Panther specifically, I feel like he... <sighs> You know, and I didn't, and to be honest, I hadn't really seen much of his stuff before Black Panther. Um, I had heard of him. I, he, he was someone I, like, I knew things that he had been in and all of that, but I hadn't really ever seen a lot of his work. So Black Panther was a little bit of just kind of an introduction for me of who Chadwick was as an actor. Um, it wasn't, he did not disappoint, I think. Um, the, the, the relevance of Black Panther as a movie in general, it's honestly, and I don't think it's an overstatement. I do think it's very historically, you know, it's, it's a historically relevant movie for a lot of reasons. And just, you know, I, I just think that, um, Chadwick played the character of Black Panther with very a, a real sincerity to it, and I think that that is what made him really good for the role. Is there was just there's some kind of just like genuine sincerity about how he played King Tatala, and just some kind of like just kind of natural charisma that he had about himself in playing King Tatala, but also you know being you know, a warrior as well, a king and a warrior. And I just think that he navigated between the two of those very well. And in general, just like, I, I just think that he carried the role of who that character should be better than probably anyone that I can really think of might have carried it. And, um, and maybe it was just the weight of knowing <laughs> what this movie would mean and the pressure of like, you know, like this movie being, you know, such a big part of 
the culture of, um, you know, Africa and just, just everything that went along with, you know, wanting to honor that culture and all the work that they put into it and everything like that, you know, it just, it, it was a very important movie. And I think that he honored that in his performance. And I think he did a really great job in the role. I think the movie itself is really good. Would I say it's my favorite Marvel movie? No. Um, it's not my absolute favorite, but it's definitely, I mean, it's for sure in the top 10, <laughs> but it's not, I wouldn't say it's like, I mean, I don't have like a, a full ranking right now, but it's up there. It's definitely one of the, the best um, overall Marvel movies, but it's not my favorite per se, but it is a very good and it's a very beautiful movie. And I do understand the whole, the whole, um, aspect of why it got so many awards and why it was nominated for so many things. And it's just very, it's a very beautiful movie and it's very well done. So I think overall it is, it really is a great movie. And, you know, I've been actually like, kind of like going back and revisiting some interviews that, Chadwick's done talking about this movie and just in general talking about acting. And, and one of the things that he had said in an interview when he was talking about this was just saying before this, I mean, how many movies do you see where they were spending that big of a budget on an all black cast, you know? And he was like, there's, you know, there's a lot of times when it's like, you see this movie made well with this, and then you see what you what he called like the black version of what that was. And it doesn't have as big of a budget. It doesn't have as many big stars in it or anything like that. It's just kind of like a second rate version of another movie that usually has white people in it. And it was just an interesting perspective that I didn't think about. But he's like, you know, it's just one of the first times where it was a movie of pretty much almost a full cast of black people. And the budget for it was not limited, like he feels like it normally was. And I just thought that was an interesting perspective. And, you know, it, it just in how he talked about it, it made a lot of sense. And, you know, I just think that speaks to the importance of what they knew this movie was going to be. And um, but yeah, I just think that overall he just he really honored what that role was supposed to be the reserved aspect of it the you know leadership aspect of it the warrior aspect all of the aspects that he needed to be to play this character he did um it it didn't feel overdone it felt like more subtle stuff which i think is kind of in general how he does a lot of his roles i think he's more subtle in his acting and how he portrays certain characters, but I will say, and we'll, you know, as we'll talk about in the movies we're discussing today, it's, he has just a very genuine way about himself and how he carries himself in roles. And you just, there's just something about it that is very charismatic and very special that you see in most of his roles. So Overall, and I just think, yeah, like what Justin was saying about the, like what they, they talk about with the women of that culture of Wakanda and, you know, just everybody was so important and so strong and so independent seeming 
in the movie. And I think that that was really smart of them to do that. And um, just the dynamics between all the characters, too. Like, you see that respect between the people that are, you know, royalty and those that aren't and those that work for royalty. And you just kind of see that dynamic of there's respect there, but also you need to listen to what I'm saying, you know? So it was just very, um, it, it was just very believable as to how a kingdom of people trying to follow this leader, who's also very young and also wasn't expecting to be king at the time would be. So yeah, I just, overall, I think it was a great movie. I think Chadwick did an amazing job in it. I think he was really the right choice for the role. So I'm glad that that worked out. Black Panther is a very conflicting movie for me. I've only watched it a couple of times since I watched it in theaters. And it's not for like not liking the movie. It has more to do with being burned out of superhero movies. Uh, I do think it's funny that Heather said it's in her top 10 considering there's only 23 Marvel movies and that's just saying, <laughs> Oh, it's in the top half. But I kind of get that sentiment with it though, because it just feels like there's more. It, I feel like at this point with Marvel movies, I feel if you say it's like, Oh, it's in your top 10 Marvel movies. It's just like almost saying, Oh, it's in my top 10 horror movies. There's hundreds yeah. of thousands of horror movies and you can say, Oh, this is my top 10. I get that feeling, though, with Marvel movies. And you're like, oh, it's in my top 10, because it just feels like there's way more than 23. Um, but where this movie ends up getting conflicting with me, and every time I watch it, I feel like I get more conflicted, because I feel like every time I watch it, the things I liked about it, like, shine through even more. And I think the things I don't like about it unfortunately also shine through even more one of my biggest complaints about black panther has nothing to do with chadwick boseman or much to do with any of the acting or anything and as weird as this is going to sound for it being a marvel movie a lot of it has to do with the special effects because i feel like there are a lot of times the effects they use for the black panther suit in dark settings make it look very fake and very bad. I think when you see the Black Panther in daylight, like when we first saw it, uh, saw him in Civil War or uh, a few of the battle scenes in this movie, I think the suit looks fine. Almost great. I think it looks just it, it, it's good. That's how it should look. I feel like anytime they do it in a dark setting, like early in this movie, when he takes down some people to rescue his ex-girlfriend. Or at the end of the movie, when he's fighting Killmonger down in the, the, the mines. I think the suit looks downright atrocious at those times. So much so that it's distracting. It looks, they're trying so hard to make it pop against the dark uh, setting. That they're doing so in a way that sacrifices what makes that suit look good. As much as it would suck in a visual medium to do so. That's kind of the point. I would feel like in wearing a dark suit in a dark setting is it blends in. That's the point. So when they do things like soften the textures and smooth it out and brighten it up a little bit, it does so in a weird way. I think at the end of the movie, just the purple accents they were giving the 
the suit through the kinetic absorption ability it had, I think would have sufficed to give it enough texture and definition to not have to smooth out the rest of the suit to to make it pop against the darkness. But no, they didn't do that. They just went, oh, we're going to smooth it all out, make it a little, almost a little shinier, like a little glossier, just to make it pop in the caves and in the dark settings. And it's just distractingly bad. And it really, really bothers me. And I think it's, and I think the reason why it bothers me is because it is a Marvel movie. And it wasn't a Marvel movie with a low budget. This didn't get an Ant-Man and the Wasp budget. They did throw some money at this one. And you see it all around. And I just feel like, honestly, I do feel like if Marvel knew it was going to make the billion that it did, they probably would have thrown an extra 50 mil at the special effects just to smooth that out. But yeah, it's incredibly distracting to me. Uh, like horribly. I really, it, it supremely bothers me how bad the special effects are at the end of this movie. Uh, another thing that does bother me, and this is also no fault against necessarily Chadwick Boseman. And I know Justin talked about this a little bit. I do feel like this is more of a Killmonger movie than a Black Panther movie. I, I feel like the way that they address the T'Challa character, they only really give him, I feel like, depth at one point in the movie. I, I and, it, and it's a it's a great part of the movie. It's one of my favorite. It's whenever he ends up yelling at his ghost dad in the the purple astral plane like area. That's the only real depth they give his character, I feel. And it's just so, to me, extremely noticeable in contrast to the Killmonger character. This The, the Killmonger in this is easily the most fleshed out villain, I would argue, in comic book movie history. He is so deep and so complex and textured and rich. And I just it made me feel a little cheated towards the T'Challa character because I feel like we did get that aspect of the black panther we unfortunately got it in the movie that came before this captain america civil war i can see that yeah and i feel like they gave him all the development there and we're just like well you've seen the development now you can just have him developed no i wanted to see more conflict more nuance to what he was doing and i'm not talking about his acting i'm just talking about the writing of the character because i felt like there was so much nuance in everything else I think the attention to detail in the sets and the costumes and the overall environment that they built Wakanda to be is probably one of the most satisfying and fully realized versions of something you will ever see like that in a essentially a fictionalized world. Just in in doing so, also keeping it completely grounded and rooted in existing African culture. That was just so satisfying and so engrossing. I mean, I like how you see that there are people in some of their tribes that still live in huts, but it's not because like necessarily that they're poor or anything like that. That's just really is a part of their culture. And they still have access to all this technology and all these advancements, but they still didn't lose the aspects of their culture that were important to them. And I found that an incredibly engrossing aspect of the Wakanda culture. And so there was so much detail in that. And I felt like they lit the detail and nuance of everything around them kind of just pass as development of T'Challa. When I don't feel like it's completely there in the way that I think the movie is saying it's there. There are aspects of it there, 
I don't think the, just the fully realized version of it is there. But I mean, going back to what both of you guys have said that, and it's one of the things that is highlighted for me every time I watch this movie, it is, it's, it's the sets and it's the costumes and it's the culture that they built in Noble Conda that to me is one of my favorite things about this movie. Hands down. I love just seeing like Jasmine was saying these unapologetically like it's, it's unapologetically black and African and it does so in such an interesting and compelling way that it's just like, this is what we're going to show you. This is what we're going to be. And I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. And I love it. I think it's just utterly fantastic right down to also. And I don't know how much you guys pay attention to it or how much you guys appreciated it, but like, I absolutely also love the soundtrack to this movie with its mix of of what is very common nowadays in like beat driven or techno driven film scores like you've had with some stuff like with Hans Zimmer getting with like an EDM guy and all this other stuff to do film scores and those aspects of it. But they mix that a lot with like Kendrick Lamar and like other modern hip hop artists and stuff like that. And it just it it blends so well to with what they're doing, the the rhythmicness of it and stuff like that. Also, lends back to culturally African music, and it just really feels. I I think it really elevates everything so much. Also, a little throwback to an episode just a couple of of weeks ago when they first land in South Korea to track down Claw, the song that is playing is a remix of size hangover and we talked about Sai because justin challenged me to want to fuck to Sai. so <laughs> there you go justin in this movie but i just really wish there's a little bit more emphasis on t'challa specifically and just oh some better special effects i mean all right this is going to sound bad to anybody that understands what i'm talking about but so much of that final fight scene truly reminds me of the fight scene at the beginning of blade two when blade is fighting the vampire princess and her bodyguard guy up in front of the lights with how rubbery everybody looks and it makes me so sad because right before that he looks so good when he was like taking down the rhino guy and like fighting all those other people looks so good in that looks so bad like five minutes later Ugh. so I just, I really did. I mean, for the most part, I do really like Black Panther, especially with what it brought to the table, especially with what you guys have talked about, like with the budget and just the in-your-face brightness of it all. I think one thing that is lost in some comic book movies is comic books are a fucking colorful-ass medium. And for the like late 90s, early 2000s, really visually dark comic book movies, I guess made sense because they were trying to make them, even if they were like fantastical ideas, like a, an X-Men or even a Spider-Man, those movies are very dark. And I know you're thinking, well, Spider-Man wasn't dark back then. Look at his suit. The reds and blues they used in his suit back then are very muted and very dark. Whereas like you look at a Spider-Man homecoming, those are more vibrant blues and reds. They pop more. And that's what I think I love about this movie is, well, yes, it's about the Black Panther and all this other stuff. And it's a very dark superhero suit. 
I loved what they did with like the purple accents from the the kinetic energy absorption, or even what they did with Killmonger with yeah. it when they gave him the yellow ones and the the leopard texture to it. But other than that, just in general, how bright and vibrant the movie was. I mean, hands down, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the first like challenge combat between Mbaku and T'Challa. Same. Yeah. I love that yeah. whole scene. How it is It's beautiful. Like, yeah. It's just it's so bright and vibrant and with the the music they were playing with me in, in, in the the dancing and the movements and everything like that is very authentically African. And it's just and I just really love that you said it, Justin. It's, just, it's unapologetically so. And I think that's what makes this movie so good is that by saying you don't give a fuck about that and like you're going to stick to the African roots of this African character, it really does, especially with like just like as I said was or like as I was saying, it makes Wakanda so much more authentic feeling like, yes, I do understand that some of the technology they have is just downright impossible, but overall it still felt like a real culture. And that's what was so good about this. And I think that that is one of the things that while I might have some mixed and conflicted feelings about this movie, I will never deny overall the huge impact that Black Panther had on comic book movies, on our culture in general, to just kind of re-evaluating what it means to actually have representation in movies because i know a lot of uh, one of the things that kept going around after uh chadwick boseman passed away was that little segment he did on uh the jimmy fallon show where these people thought they were just recording a message for chadwick yeah that he was after watching black panther and then he would just pop out and surprise them and stuff like that yeah i love that and just seeing the emotional reactions of these people because of how meaningful that character is to actually finally have out there i mean because i know like Justin was saying like i found it so disingenuous when people were bringing up the fact that like oh the first like black marvel movie and all this other stuff and everybody's like oh but what about blade i don't i'm and i'm not trying to diminish wesley snipes or the character of blade or what those movies did in general because i do think those movies are very underrated when it comes to what became comic book movies of the late nineties? Everybody always gives credit to X-Men and Spider-Man, but I think blade really is the one that deserves the credit at that time because they, they all stole their leathery looks from him. But to me, the biggest differential is blade was a rated R movie. You don't put a rated R movie out there because you're expecting huge monumental success because you're thinking of culturally Hmm. defining movies. Now, there are some exceptions. Don't get me wrong. As much as I don't want to ever admit it, you could say the same thing. Uh, you could say the Joker broke that. The Deadpool movies broke that. Uh, Passions of the Christ broke that. But as a rule of thumb, you don't put a movie out there that's rated R because you think it's going to have a huge cultural impact and also make you a billion dollars. Yeah. You know? And so, like, how many kids were being affected and inspired by Wesley Snipes playing Blade in the late 90s. Probably not a lot. Yeah, the the cultural impact that Black Panther gets to have is vastly different. Yeah. Because he's also mm-hmm. a traditional superhero. Blade isn't. 
that's the also other side of that coin. Black Panther is a traditional superhero. Blade's a dark anti-hero that just kills vampires nonstop. That's not necessarily a role model you want for kids. Hey, kids, go kill a bunch of vampires. Like, that's not something you're throwing out there. But the Black Panther is that. The Black Panther is the traditional hero character that is a solo character. While he does have a supporting cast and everything like that, it's still, it is, it is his show. It's the Black Panther show. And I, I do feel like that that is something, especially people of, I won't, you know, name, like naming things, but just in generals uh, of a Caucasian descent uh, that they take for granted that how many superheroes did we have growing up all over the place? Just yeah. all the fuck over the place. I mean, you have Captain America and Superman considered both of them are called Boy Scouts in their own like ways. They, they're, they're both the epitome of good. They're like everything that is great about America and all this other stuff. And they are both white as fuck. It's so easy for us to get trapped in that mentality of, well, I always had heroes growing up. Why didn't you? It's a different thing. And that's something that I think is too easily taken for granted and is also too easily dismissed of the people that haven't had that representation. And I do think that right now, especially in our culture and everything like that, I think the push to get more representation is important. And I do think that movies like Black Panther show that you can have that twofold impact of having that representation while also being what is ultimately important to Hollywood because they don't give a fuck about representation no matter what they say. They do give a fuck about money, though. And when you get both, then that shows them that if you actually make good representation movies, like movies that are actually just good, you can have both. They don't have to be mutually exclusive as they have been for so long. And I just hope that momentum actually keeps going forward because I know a lot of people are saying it, but I just don't know how true it is when a lot of people want to talk about a movie like this or a movie like a Captain Marvel or a Wonder Woman and talk about how they were just distracted or put off by the fact that these movies pushed an agenda when all the agenda was is essentially that being a hero and doing essentially what is quote unquote right and being an inspiration isn't necessarily exclusive to one race or gender. And to me, that is pretty much the only agenda I ever saw pushed. And that's such a weird agenda to be against. I just don't understand it because it's, you also get the people and Oh, this is going to go way off topic, but this is just something that's been bothering me that I feel like I can twist into working with this. Cause I also feel like these are the same people that also say things like, Oh, I don't care what you are. You can be white, black, brown, blue, purple, green. It just matters who you are as a person. I'm getting out of the soapbox here and I don't give a fuck. If you actually have to say character like colors that people aren't, you're missing the point there, bro. And you shouldn't yeah. really go there. I agree I mean, with that. It's unless you're legitimately talking about blue people. And contrary to popular belief, there are a few out there. I want to say they, they're in the Appalachian Mountains. They have weird blood disorder. Their uh the hemoglobin in their blood doesn't turn red when oxygenated. So they got a blue tint to them. Don't think you're fucking talking about those guys. So, yeah, let's just quit that shit. 
I'm sorry I went there, guys. I just felt like I had to say that, and I felt like I was going down that path anyway. <laughs> so I just went for it. Yeah, I just wanted to add something, uh, just back to the whole Blade thing to kind of give just a uh, a black perspective on that. Like, here's the thing about the Blade, the Blade-Black Panther comparison. I, I get it when, uh, and I've had this argument many times on social media and stuff like that. And here's what you have to understand. There are movies with black people in them. And then there are black movies. And I think that that distinction needs to be made. Like, I think that sometimes when people say, like, they don't understand when people say, well, Black Panther is the first uh, black, it's the first black blockbuster comic book movie. Um, and then they go, wait a second. What about Blade? You know, Blade was, he was the first, you know, he was the first black lead character in a movie and that was successful and everything like that. I don't want to undermine the significance of Blade because it does have some significance. And and that's something that you can't take away from the Blade movie. But I think where the distinction has to be made is that Blade is a movie with a lead character that just happens to be black. You know, like, that's how I feel about it. Nothing about Blade's blackness or black culture really encapsulates effects or is anything that that movie is about. You know, if Blade was a white vampire... And he was going up and he was trained by this, uh, you know, this other person. He was this half-breed vampire and he was going up against this vampire society. I mean, you could almost have that same movie and it almost doesn't even matter that Blade is a black character. So I think that distinction has to be made. That movie was about a vampire that happens to be black, a a vampire half-breed that happens to be black. And that's kind of how it plays out, you know, and most of the cast is still a white cast. You know, he was trained, his trainer, his mentor was Whistler, was a white person. The main villain and everything like that in this society of vampires, majority of those vampires were white. It was very much, yes, I, I will, I can't discredit or undermine the fact that, that, uh, Wesley Snipes was the, um, that was the first like successful Marvel movie with a black lead character. But to me, Black Panther is a black superhero movie. The, 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 the issues in Black Panther are black issues, issues in the black culture. The, the, the reason why Killmonger was what he was and the story behind that and the way Michael B. Jordan played that, that was all rooted in black culture and black issues. The, the, the African costumes, the culture, the, the, the hip hop music and the African music that was ingrained in it. Everything about that movie, that, that is a black film with a black director director uh majority black cast it was a black superhero movie to me way different than blade and i think 
That's the difference. That, and I think that sometimes white people are just some of the ones that don't understand or don't really grasp that. That's why they don't understand why so many black people are proud of it or hold it and hold the Black Panther film in such high regard and all those things. They just they just kind of scratch their heads and go, I don't get it. I mean, Blade did all of that first. No, Blade had a lead character that was black. That is true. But this is a black superhero movie that made a billion dollars. And I just think, I just want to make that distinction so that there's no confusion. And and a lot of times, I will give it to most people I argue with about this um, online or in person. When I explain that to them, they get it and they go, okay, now I understand a little bit more. But I just thought that that was important to say about that whole thing. No, that is good, Justin, because honestly, I wouldn't have necessarily I thought of it in that way directly. I mean, I completely 100% agree and understand with what you're saying, but, you know, that's just wouldn't be the first thing that pops in my head, obviously, because like you said, that would be something more that you do get coming from a black perspective, which kind of fits into the theme of what we were talking about. See, there we go. <laughs> Boom. Nice. But anyway, yeah, I just thought that that was um important to say and then like yeah and like you were saying about just that whole argument well this movie is pushing an agenda or this or because it's captain marvel they're appealing to women and everything and women empowerment so they're pushing an agenda uh can you name one marvel movie that doesn't push an agenda i mean is there is there a marvel movie that doesn't advertise to some sect of the audience is there a movie period that isn't that that doesn't have a motive or an agenda to appeal to some sort of audience. So that's just such a weird argument to look at these movies and go, man, well, I didn't like it because there was an agenda. But man, dude, I mean, there's an agenda in Batman, Superman. I mean, come on, dude. Like, that's just such a tired argument. And it's really hypocritical to say that when every comic book movie does this, you know? Well, it's also disingenuous to the history of especially Marvel comics in such a huge way. Like, especially with somebody like Stan Lee, he was very big on pushing social issues through comics in a very like non like direct way. Yeah. Like if you look at the X-Men, especially back then when the X-Men first came out, the X-Men was an allegory for discrimination and segregation. That's all it is. Now, granted, in doing so, yes, were there people of color or anything like that? No, but it's still, that's what it was. It was an allegory for that. And he knew the way, to Stanley's credit, he knew the way to do so in a way that wasn't threatening to white people which was very important in the 1960s to be able to do that. And then, and especially if you look at the evolution of the X-Men and stuff like that, now like the X-Men are very much used as in a lot of ways for an allegory for the LBG, uh, the LBGTQ community in the same way. And it's like, if you just go back and look at like the history of like Marvel comics, well, I am not saying they aren't without controversy or stereotyping or whitewashing or anything like that. Cause they do still have that, but 
if you just look at the history of comic books in general, and you want to sit here and say a comic book movie is pushing an agenda and it shouldn't, what fucking comic books were you reading? I mean, everybody's all (laughs) up in arms about shit. And like for the last few, or not for the last few years, but for there were a few years there where Sam Wilson was fucking Captain America and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it is not unheard of. It's not crazy. Spider-Man was a black teenager for a few years in the ultimate universe. And that character still exists, even though they got rid of the ultimate universe and miles Morales, which once again is the best Spider-Man movie. Go fucking figure like, and it's, and it's, it's just so weird. Like that, that argument of, Oh, they're just trying to push an agenda. And I'm like, what, what, what do you think comic books were? <laughs> like, like what, what did you read? Like, it blows my mind how the idea that these people with like superpowers are fighting for equality. And that's an understandable and acceptable mentality for them to have. But when people want it in the real world, that's just fucking bonkers. Yeah. And it's just so confusing to me. All right. We've got two more Chadwick Boseman movies to talk about. Let's just do our scores real quick. I mean, for Black Panther. Uh, Heather, what's your score for Black Panther? Score for Black Panther is going to be... Give it a 90... um, 90 Wakanda Forever is out of 100. Justin, what about you? Uh, Yeah, I said it about... I think I still said at the same score. I gave it a 94 then, I believe, and it's still a 94 now. Uh, The only issues I had with this movie was just uh, some of the CGI at the end of it, just like... And Sterling, you already talked about that, so no need to retread that water. But uh, other than that, I thought that the story was great. I liked the... I like T'Challa's story, too, in this. I thought that they did great with their villain. It's one of the better developed villains. Um, Everything that it stood for, the money it made, I mean, and the influence it has, and just how great the characters were, I thought that this was a 94 effort. So I'm still there, and I guess we will give it... uh, We will give it 94... um, Let's see. Oh, man, I had a thing and I had a good one in mind, but never mind. We'll go 94 uh, upside down cameras twirling in disarray to represent the carnage that Killmonger is about to bring on as he sits on the Black Panther throne out of 100. Wow. Uh, My score is actually a little lower, I believe, than when I originally uh, did it. And it's not necessarily Black Panther's fault. Like I've said numerous times, I'm a little bit burned out on superhero films. So I think any superhero film I watch now would actually be a little lower uh, than normal or than it was originally. And it's not by much. Uh, I think originally, I think I said I would have given it like an 88 or something like that. Uh, It's to me, it's an 85. Uh, It's 85. Winston Duke's portrayal of M'Baku is severely underrated out of 100. I completely agree with that. I think he's fantastic in this movie. I agree. Yeah, he was tight. So I kind of want to keep these good times rolling a little bit. So I want to talk about Marshall next. I'm just not ready to talk about 21 Bridges yet. <laughs> just not there. I want to keep these good times rolling for me. Unless you guys want to do different. I'm a, I'll am I'll let you guys decide. No, I'm good with it. Okay. 
All right. So we'll talk about Marshall next. Uh, so for this one, we will do spoilers or not spoilers. We will do non-spoilers and then spoilers and, you know, all that stuff like we normally do. So non-spoilers, recommendation score, spoilers. Uh, so Marshall, Heather, talk about it. So I actually, this week was the first time I had ever seen Marshall, but I remember being interested in it, um, but just never really pursued watching it like when it was in theaters or anything like that. So yeah, I, to be honest, like I really enjoyed this movie. I think, um, honestly, like this movie is one that I would probably revisit watching again before most of Chadwick's other movies. And I think, um, just more specifically to speak about Chadwick, like, honestly, I think this is my favorite performance that he's done. And I know that that's saying a lot because he is fantastic as Black Panther, but, and this could also just be more of, again, like, since I, I hadn't seen this movie before now, um, I think, you know, superhero movies are a dime a dozen these days. And I think Marshall just seemed a little bit more fresh of a story and, um, you know, a role and things like that. So maybe that's why, but I really just enjoyed the story and I enjoyed the cast of people in it. Um, I think that it's, it's really a well-told story. Um, it's an important story. It's very captivating from beginning to end. I wasn't bored in any sort of way. Um, and I just, I just think everybody really brought their a game when it came to this movie and the way the story is told is really well done. So I think this movie is great. I think it is, um, honestly, it is one that I would revisit and, and watch again. Um, it's just really good. It's, it's uplifting. It's inspirational, but it's also informational and educational and real about the realities of what the world was like at the time. And probably sometimes even now what it's still like. And, you know, it's just, um, I'm I'm really glad that I watched it, and I I just think that it's a uh, I feel like it's an underrated movie because I, I say that because I haven't heard much about this movie in general, like I don't hear a lot of people talking about it or anything like that, and that's a shame because it's a really good movie. So I I definitely enjoyed it. I think it's um you know and and it's you know Thurgood Marshall is a very important part of history and you don't hear a lot of his story and a lot about him except, you know, just like, Oh, I know who he is and what he's done. But I just think that this movie really kind of captures the essence of probably who he was really well. So, um, and I just think it was an important story to tell. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great movie and it's a really well-told story. Justin, what about you? Okay. So this was also my first time seeing the Marshall movie. And I guess initially going in, I hadn't seen any previews or anything, but I just figured that this would kind of be like a, uh, a, a biopic that was kind of like a career retrospective. Like we would see kind of some of his early career. We would see him matriculate into the Supreme Court, we would see a lot of those different things about Thurgood Marshall and kind of, you know, sum it up with just uh, how significant he was to um, 
to civil rights in America and everything like that, especially for uh, black people and African-Americans. But they didn't take that approach. And I think that it was smart to do it this way. This film instead kind of just highlights on one important aspect of his life. You know, it's that one particular aspect of his life and it was a case in his young career but in doing it that way and just kind of pointing putting the lens on just this particular landmark case in his career it still because it was just so well executed it still really captures the essence of what Thurgood Marshall is uh, what he is to um, to America and everything like that and just who he was as a person, his poise, his ability to kind of read the room and anticipate behaviors and how he could read people and just how meticulous and smart he was in the courtroom and how he had to be this way in order to deal with so many just blatant racial biases at the time. And I think that that really is the triumph of this movie. It in just showing you one part of Thurgood Marshall's life really encapsulated what made him so special. And I think at the crux of that is Chadwick Boseman's performance. Like, I think that pretty much it's clear by now. If you've seen Black Panther, you've seen um, 42, and and you've seen this movie, uh, it feels like to me that Chadwick is very good at playing I think strength is the word that keeps coming to mind. He's just very good at playing a character in a position of strength, like just being able to show that poise, being able to show um, perseverance. And even when he's at a situation where it looks dire or the character is at a crossroads, he just has a strength and a sense of... um, he has a believability whenever it is time for that character to overcome whatever the obstacle is. He just has a believability in playing that and that strength that just shines through when it really needs to. And when he plays this character, Marshall, that definitely comes through. Marshall has a sense of pride to him, a sense of power and a sense of confidence. And I think that that all kind of comes through in this role Um, and everybody else is good here too I mean I really liked uh, Josh Gad in this who played uh, Sam Friedman he did really well too alongside Chadwick Boseman but 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 I and, and that dynamic was just a dynamic that really works which I'm sure we'll get into more in detail but uh just quickly back to Chadwick I think that that was the crux of this film just how he plays the Marshall character and by the time the the film gets to the end and it sums and it, and it gives this summation of what Thurgood Marshall goes on to do and everything like that. It kind of gives you the clip notes of it. it. It was just very effective in showing that one aspect of 
Marshall's life, but it was such an important aspect. And you get to see the grit of this man and winning that case and how intelligent he was and just what really set him apart and what makes him a historical black American figure. So I think that this was a very smart way to do this. I think that sometimes biopics or movies about real people sometimes run make the mistake of trying to cover so much of a person's life and then you you do so much that you wind up not saying very much at all and this movie is very much a lesson in less is more i think by covering just this small piece of Marshall's career, it actually wound up saying a lot about Thurgood Marshall and who he was. I really do agree with you on that last part, Justin, that by kind of just taking that penultimate case of Thurgood Marshall's, like that that transition point of it all, that it kind of, it it makes it a lot easier to show the person and the impact that way because it's not focused on trying to tell you so much of the story yeah you know it's not like oh you have to learn about the childhood and this and that and then you have to learn about what it was like for him in high school and then what it was like for him in college and then whenever he did his first criminal case and then when he did this and then that especially with somebody like thurgood marshall that had so many impactful moments in his life with all the supreme court cases and all these things he did that it would it would make all of them feel so much cheaper because it's like you're trying to shove all these monumental moments into two hours. I mean, and this movie did such a good job of focusing on this one case. And it's not even his biggest case. It was just kind of the one that 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 finally, like, opened the door for everything that became his career. Yeah. And so it just it it, it made it that much more interesting and that much more developed and that much more impactful because you finally got to let you, you got to just focus on that instead of everything he did. I mean, some people you can do that with. I think uh, the movie rocket man did a very good job of showing a very all encompassing version of Elton John's life without diminishing aspects of it. But something like this, I feel like it's more impactful because you get more of the weight on those, on that moment. And I think that that just really does breathe more, more life into it. And I mean, just more to talk about the movie. I feel like it was a little spoiler right there. But anyway, um, I do think the acting across the board was very good in this. I mean, I thought Ch- Chadwick Boseman did a fantastic job. Josh Gad did a fantastic job. I think Sterling K. Brown did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, I think just it, it did a very good job of of getting very nuanced performances out of a lot of people, even characters that didn't have huge screen times, but just kind of had important moments in the film. I think you got a lot of nuanced acting out of it. Like when you had, uh, what's his name that played the prosecuting attorney, uh, Dan Stevens. Yeah. Who, if anybody doesn't know, also played the beast in the beauty and the beast remake. He's also very good on the FX show Legion. There was that show's over. But I thought he did a really good job with the the screen time he had. I will even reluctantly say Kate Hudson didn't annoy me. She showed up, (laughs) man. 
she Which, showed that's up a, an astonishing feat for her because i don't <laughs> like her and so the fact that she i think did a above mediocre performance i think blows my mind <laughs> but i just think overall this was just a very well-made movie the pacing was very good it did a real good job of putting tension on the courtroom scenes and tension outside the courtroom and you know i liked the the dynamic between josh gad and chadwick boseman's characters i I think they had a good mix of tension but also a good sense of purpose together that it just kind of made everything flow very well this is i mean honestly this is probably one of the best paced movies i've seen in a very long time Mm -hmm. because while it did have lulls in it, they were narratively impactful and uh, purposeful lulls in a story. You need those ups and downs, you, you, you know, to give it a sense of motion. And this movie did it very well. I mean, honestly, I really on, I cannot think of another movie I've seen this year that's probably paced as well as this movie is. Outside of maybe some action movies or something like that, where, where the, those movies that know what they are. And so they're like an hour and a half because it's just like, yeah, we get in, we get out, we're done. (laughs) Like this one was two hours and it at no point did it make me feel like it was dragging anything out or brushing over something just for the sake of getting to the next moment. Mm -hmm. I will say this. It's very weird seeing Jesse Smollett in a role now, especially in a movie that's about somebody and this is not a spoiler, but the the idea of the whole movie, which was also a historical event, is somebody's charged with something that they most likely did not do, but they were charged so because of their the, their race. And then you have Jesse Smollett in this movie, who very much faked a crime, or allegedly, I'll be fair, allegedly faked a crime that supposedly had to do with his race. That's some weird shit right there. It threw me for a loop. If you didn't realize that he played Langston Hughes, very small role in this movie, but it was still weird for me. But other than that, I do. I do think this movie is fantastic. And I do think as fantastic as Chadwick Boseman was, I did like what Josh Gad did. Josh Gad never, never stole from Chadwick Boseman, but I think they both elevated each other's performances. But I do think the best person in this movie was Sterling K. Brown. That's usually the case with him. He's so great in everything. So I, I can see why you would say that. I really just really enjoyed his performance. And I think to me, he was the one that stole this show. I know this episode is about Chadwick Boseman. And I'm not trying to diminish at all what Chadwick Boseman did in this movie. Because I think of all three of the movies we we're talking about today. This, I think, is the best pure acting performance from Chadwick Boseman of the three movies we're talking about today. Totally agree. And it's very good. I mean, it is, I mean, it's great. I shouldn't say very good because very good. I do feel like actually diminishes the performance he put in. He gives a great performance in this movie. I just feel like Sterling K Brown steals it a little, little bit, especially in that courtroom scene. Whenever Josh Gad is questioning him, I just think a lot of the facial expressions, and voice inflections that Sterling K. Brown was given, giving during that scene just, just steals a little bit. 
He chews he chews up the scenery in a very good way. I don't mean that in an overacting way. I'm I mean that in a in the moment of the scene, he is taking it all in. I really enjoyed that. I do think this was a very good movie all around. And it is interesting, I think, just in general with I would say, you know, for I, I know we're gonna talk about our likes and dislikes with Twenty One Bridges as well, but I would say with all of the movies that we're talking about today, the dynamic that Chadwick has with the cast and the other characters that he's working with, I think that really shines in a lot of the movies because it's just, it's kind of how he plays off of the characters he's working with that there's just something special about that too, because I agree about Josh Gad and him, I think, I I love Josh Gad in this movie. I, I I just in general really like Josh Gad, but I think he's so great in this movie. But it just the it's their dynamic. It's them together. It's their chemistry together is so great. And in Black Panther, the chemistry of him with pretty much everyone, with his sister, with Killmonger, with Lupita's character, like all of them, just the dynamics and how they play off of each other. And just how he how he plays with these other characters he's on screen with. I just think he's it's so good. It's something that I just feel like shines. And I don't know if it says more about how the movie's done or whatever it may be. But I just feel like they pick good people to put him against to make the scenes work as well as they do. I won't say anything because I might end up spoiling something else. So recommendations and scores on this one. And then we'll go into spoilers. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to assume Justin said yes, too. Um, oh, you didn't hear that? I did say yes. <laughs> I okay, thought, good. I maybe just, I, yeah, I didn't get mute too quickly. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I just want to make sure there was nothing else left to be said before we moved on. Uh, so recommendations and scores. Justin, go. Uh, yeah, I do recommend that you see this. Um, I think that this was very well done and well executed. And yeah, I do think... Um, that what Heather said earlier about it being underrated, I think it is underrated. I think that as far as just um, as far as just the uh, biopics about um, just uh, black significant black people in America who have done things and stuff like that, like this, this is one of the better ones I've seen recently. I think that this is better than the Harriet movie. I think that this is. Uh, it's it's better than some of those. This is better than uh, the the forty two movie that Chadwick was in. I think this is better. I think this was a better representation of this black figure and who they were and how significant they were. And just like we said, the less is more approach just really helps this. I think just putting a spotlight on this really just helped it developed the characters and then it also really gives you a solid look into what made Thurgood Marshall so special and what and those aspects of his person that led him to do all of these other great things in his career. So I do recommend it, man. This was a feel good movie. It's uplifting. It's encouraging, but it doesn't hold back with some of the racial things. It avoids a lot of the cliches like the white savior. Um, and it does it well. It does all of it. Just everything that it does, it does well from, from good to just, extremely good i mean I, they're really 
Um, and yeah, like you guys said, the pacing, the movie just hardly ever stumbles. You know what I mean? And even if it seemed like it was headed that way, it knew when to stop. It gave you just enough of the court scenes and then it would go away. And then it would give you some of the character's personal life. And then it would it wouldn't hang out there either. Then it would jump away from that and go to something else. So it was just very effective in its execution across the board, the writing, the acting, everything. And I do agree. I think this is one of Chadwick's best performances. So for all of those reasons, especially if you're kind of uh, doing a Chadwick binge or something like that, and you're trying to just look at all of his movies and you're thinking about him, this has got to be one that you watch. This needs to be in that list of movies if you're going to be doing a... um. Uh, uh, um, a retrospective or a look back at Chadwick Boseman. You, you got to see this one. This needs to be in there. So yeah, this is a solid A for me. I'm going to give it, we'll give it 90 um, <laughs> pieces, uh, pieces of cloth used to gag someone and then turned in court brilliantly against them which we'll get into more detail later out of a hundred. Heather, what about you? Yeah, definitely recommend this movie. It was, um, as Sterling was saying too, and as I kind of briefly mentioned, it's very well paced. It's captivating. It keeps your attention the whole time. Just a really great, well-made movie. It's great writing. It's intentional in the things that it says and what it does and doesn't say. The acting is phenomenal. Um, everything about this movie is just very, very much just intriguing and it's a good story. It's an interesting case to focus on. And again, yeah, like, I mean, Sterling K Brown is, uh, he's magical. I think he's magical in everything. He's so fantastic all the time. And, you know, this is kind of a, it's a, I feel like he's very versatile and this role, he's he's so good and it. it's just so effortless for him to just play any role, it feels like. So I understand what you mean about him stealing the show with that. But um, yeah, and I just, and Chad, this is by far, um, I don't know if I'd say by far, but it's definitely my favorite performance of Chad Wicks for sure. I just think he's so top notch and he's so perfect in this role. And um, this is of the three movies we're talking about today. This is my favorite movie of the three. Um, it's just, it's so great. It's definitely something that you need to watch. It's really, really great. So I, I do recommend it. And I'm going to give this um, and kind of, <laughs> kind of to steal a little bit of Sterling's format. Um, I'm going to say 93 um, Josh Gad's performance as Sam Friedman is severely underrated out of a hundred. I am offended that you would steal from me. <laughs> you should be honored that I would steal from you because that was a good bit you did. Yeah. I'm just going to say that's a big no for me, dog. Um, I do recommend this movie. If you couldn't tell, uh, I, I, I do. I think it's seriously one of the best paced movies I've ever seen. Uh, and it does help that the fact that the acting and, the directorial decisions and the the writing was smart. It was, it was just a very well made movie across the board. 
Uh, I won't go any further than that for spoilers. So uh, I will give this, oh, it's tough, uh, 90. I will give this 90, just Sterling K. Browns out of 100, just because. All right, spoilers, guys. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't really have that many, like, spoilers really to say about this because it's really tough to spoil something that's, I don't know, historical. Like, it's it, it's out there. The information from this movie exists just as fact that it's happened. Um, I mean, just in general, I thought it was just a very, very well-made movie. I just, I really can't stress that uh, enough that from the casting choices to the acting, the actors themselves, the writing, the directing, uh, everything about it was just incredibly smartly made. Uh, even like I said, Kate Hudson didn't annoy me in this movie and that's rare. And I thought she was very good in this. It made me think that maybe I was crazy before. And then I came to my realizations. I was like, no, Sterling, you were right. This is the anomaly. But uh, even Sophia Bush in this, as the woman that hits on him, uh, hits on Thurgood Marshall in the bar, uh, was very good. It's just across the board, a very, very good movie. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know how much of this is actually real or not, because I don't know that many specifics about this court case as a whole. I knew it existed. I knew that this was kind of widely considered like one of the first big real wins for the NAACP and stuff like that. But I didn't know. I don't know really any of the specifics of it. So I don't know really what to compare it to as far as that goes. And that is one reason why I don't, I, why it was kind of hard for me to give it a score. Because like I've said on previous things, I get really uncomfortable with some things about his, like historical things or real life events or inspired by true stories because of how much of that can get just twisted just for the sake of a movie, i.e. hidden figures. But I mean, this one, I'll at least give this the benefit of the doubt and say it felt very real. And I'm sure they took some creative licenses with some things here and there, but nothing remotely stood out to me as being fake or just too grandiose or too unbelievable. I felt like for the most part, everything came across as very authentic to what it would have been at that time. So I do give it credit for that. I just, I don't know. And I, I, I don't necessarily blame the movie for me not knowing these things. It's just, unfortunately, what ends up happening when I watch movies like this that gives me an uneasiness to a degree. Um, Honestly, that's actually all I'm going to say because I, I don't really feel, like I said, there is much you can spoil specifically in general. I mean, there are specific scenes you can kind of spoil that wouldn't necessarily ruin some of the fun. And I, I know Justin's already... Uh, declared that he will talk about one of those. So I'll, I don't want to steal his thunder because I also did really like that scene too. Uh, but that's really kind of all I got on this movie. I might have more after I hear you guys say some things, but right now that's all I got. Justin, what about you? Sure. Um, as far as just some uh, spoilery thing, I think that there were just a lot of good lines in this movie, like just a lot of um, memorable lines. Uh, th there was a particular line 
when um, Marshall was talking to Joseph or Chadwick was talking to Sterling K. Brown and um, they were talking about whether or not he would take the plea deal. And they offered uh, if he just pleaded guilty and then, you know, he would serve a lesser amount of years. And uh, Sterling K. Brown, his character was Joseph was actually contemplating doing that. And I just love that line when he was talking about when he asked um, Joseph about his father, Marshall did. And he was saying, yeah, my dad told me the story about how when he was running for his freedom, he fought off three men and some dogs or something like that. And then uh, Chadwick uh, hits him with that line. Um so if your father was willing to fight that hard just to be free and you're and then are you really going to sit here and just let them and give your freedom away? Are you just going to let them take it from you? If you want your freedom, you have to fight for it. And I just thought that that was a great set of lines just and then kind of Sterling K did a great job of just showing how that that penetrated his fear like that got to him that motivated him and you could kind of see that the character thinking about that and going man maybe he's right I do have to fight for this this is worth me fighting for sure I could take the plea deal and it would be some and and it seems like a doable amount of time that I could do in jail but there's that principle of fighting for it because you didn't do this, you know, that, that, you know, I am innocent and I should fight for that. My, I should fight for that freedom. I shouldn't just let them imprison me because of how they view me or how they see me or how they think or how inferior they think I am. So I just liked that. That was just, I thought that was just such an effective scene. And I just love that, um, that group of lines that they delivered, both of them. Uh, at that time. So th- I just thought that that was just a great scene. And that's really kind of what this movie is. It's just very effective scenes, whether they were simple or they relayed some complex ideas like that. They were just very well executed. Um, and then just some of the court case stuff that, that we talked about, like, and, and the, and the scene that I was alluding to with the cloth that, um, that the um th- that our uh, accuser was saying was used as a gag um so that so that she couldn't make any noise and and so that this uh this piece of her dress was tied around her mouth and gagged her to where she couldn't make any noise and that's why she didn't yell out to anybody or scream for help or anything like that and that was just such a great cross-examination in the courtroom with Josh Gad's character where um, and, and, and Bozeman where he ties the gag around uh, Josh Gad and then they're asking her they're asking Kate Hudson okay so how tight was this and she's like really tight he ties it I mean just tight it's hugging the skin at this point and I just loved when he walked up to the jurors and he yelled to the top of his lungs and it was just so loud that some of those jurors it scared them it was so loud how how 
just how loud he was able to be despite that being tied around his mouth and just the impact of the the, just the audio and the visual impact of that. And you saw the effect that it had on the jurors and just how um, great of a counter argument that was. And I just love that. Like it was scenes like that where they took something that the characters were saying, but then also added that audio representation to it or the visual representation. Like they also did another great one that that was a great visual that was more audio, but the visual one they had was when he had the ink pen and he was talking about reasonable doubt, Josh Gad's character. And that was like the closing argument and he's dropping. And for every time that he, um, mentioned a reasonable doubt point that they made in the case. He's dropping these little droplets of ink into this glass of water and the, and the water and the ink is just filling up this glass with all these little droplets, if you will, of reasonable doubt. And by the time he got to the end of his closing argument, he holds up this glass of water and it's completely dark. And that just kind of represented, look at all of this doubt in this case. Can we really say that this man is guilty given what has happened to this glass of water? You know, the, the, all of the doubt that we, and that we have shed on this case. Can we really convict this man? And that was just, and it was just things like that. That was just such a great visual representation of how effective they were in their arguments in the courtroom. So all of that was great. And then last thing I'll say, Kyle, of is just to Sterling's point. Sure, some of these things, of course, you know that they probably took liberties with this for cinematic purposes and things like that. But there were a lot of instances that just felt real to me. I loved how at the end, and I'm pretty sure that this happened, how Thurgood Marshall was called to do another case before this case ended. And that just felt so he had to hear the results over the phone and then the phone was crackling. They could hardly hear each other. And it was still a great moment. But that felt so real to me because the cinematic thing to do, in my opinion, would have been to have him in the courtroom and him being there to 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 see that victory and to see that verdict of not guilty. That would have been a great cinematic moment and him and Josh celebrating together and all of that kind of stuff. To me, that would have been the cinematic thing to do in this case. That would have been a, a liberty that most things like this would take. But I love that he was called to another case that was important and he didn't even get to be there to see the verdict handed down that Josh Gad had to take that on its own, on his own. And that was a great moment for that character in the closing arguments. But to me, that's the kind of situation that feels real. It felt like that is probably what actually happened. And I think it was just decisions like that in pivotal scenes like that, that made this movie so effective overall. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I think that's, very true. Like those scenes were really memorable. And something I really enjoyed about it is 
when they're in the courtroom and they're sort of they're they're telling this whole story of what happened that night when Kate Hudson's character um is accusing Sterling Kate Brown's character of rape is you know it just it goes through in flashback form just what's happening and the versions of what's happening based on what's being said. I think the way they did that was really clever. I think it was really well done. And there's a lot of times in movies where you see things like that, where they try to do flashbacks or they, they're telling the story of what happened and, you know, they go back and show you while they're talking about it and everything. It's not always very well executed. And to Jastin's point he made earlier about just everything being so well executed here, I appreciated that because it made me more interested in the story of, okay, what really happened here? As opposed to, okay, we've heard so many versions of it. You know, it, it just every time that they went over it again and they retold the story and from the point of view of who was telling it, it, it made it more interesting. And I think that it's, there's just something to be said for that, you know, for just making it still something that you're interested in knowing the details of what happened, no matter how many times you're hearing it. So I thought that that was really well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, just also um, another thing I really enjoyed in one of the courtroom scenes was uh, James Cromwell, who plays the judge. You know, he's just this guy who you can tell he just has no tolerance for like anybody who's not, you know, him or white or anything. And he, um, he clearly goes in with a bias and does not like Thurgood or Sam. And you, you could just tell by how he's running this, this courtroom and what's happening that, you know, they're, they're at a disadvantage. And it was just really powerful in that moment when, um, Sterling K. Brown's character is telling them, like, why didn't you actually say the truth of what happened? And he tells them, do you know what happens to me if I tell the truth of what happened? <laughs> you know, and like just being so vulnerable and the way that he told his fears and put his fears out there of why he didn't want to be honest about it. And I didn't expect James Cromwell's character to <laughs> take that well. And when the prosecuting lawyer, you know, he's like, oh, strike that from the record. And, you know, it, he takes a minute and you could tell he partially wanted to, but he took a minute and he was just like, no, it's going to stay. And that was powerful because I don't know, I, I guess you just realize like, no, nope, that's, that's a valid part of this case. And that's a valid, that's something that's important to have in this case and to be said. And I don't know, I guess just maybe in that moment, it seems like maybe the judge understood a little bit from the perspective of something he didn't understand before. And I don't know, just the whole way that that scene played out was really, really good and really well done. And yeah, I just, um, I, I just, the performances are really, they blew me away. They really all did. And I don't hate Kate Hudson the way that Sterling does. <laughs> I actually quite like her in most things I've seen in her in, but it's not necessarily because she's such an amazing actress that I'm just like, Oh, I love everything she's in because of her talent. Not that she doesn't have it, but I mean, it's just more of like, you know, I, she's just enjoyable in her movies, you know? But in this, she brought like a performance. It wasn't just, 
oh, I'm playing like this cute, fun person that you want to be around. Like she's playing a character. She's not playing a version of herself. She's playing a character with depth. And, you know, she's actually giving a performance in this. And um, it was really good. It really was. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those films that it's, I, I feel like the way they did it was, it wasn't like they tried to overcomplicate anything. They were just telling the story at hand in a way that keeps you interested the whole time. But they, they weren't trying to be too clever. They weren't trying to be doing too much with it. They wanted to tell the story, but the way that they paced it made it like where you're in it the whole time. You are invested in what's happening and knowing what's going to happen. Um, so it's just, there's honestly, I, I really can't think of anything about this that I can say I didn't like. It's just very good all around. Um, on all levels, you know, and they, they don't do a whole lot of backstory with the guys before they meet, um, just a little bit here and there with Thurgood and with Sam, but, you know, just kind of their lives with, um, their wives and all of that. But it's not, it's not a lot, but it does give you enough, you know, it's not one of those where you're like, I got, I've got nothing to go off of here, <laughs> you know, which is a problem that, is sort of in a different movie we'll talk about, but it's, it's, it's enough to where you, you get a sense of who these people are and a sense of what their lives are like. And it's just, they just made very smart choices with how they did everything in this movie and every bit of how they told this story. So yeah, there's, there's honestly nothing I can say that I'm just like, Oh, I didn't like how they did this or I wish they would have done this differently. It's really just really a great movie and it's, yeah, it's just one that you're, you're going to go into it and you're just from the beginning, you're honestly going to be like, yep, this movie is got my attention already. So yeah, it's just very good. And, um, yeah, I just, I just appreciate the art of what they did with this whole movie. Some of those things were valid points. Not about Kate Hudson. Some of those other things were. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to say about Marshall? Nope. I'm good. I feel kind of bad. I feel like we, it feels like we shortchanged that one. I, I don't necessarily mean for that to be the case. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's just one of those movies you have to see. You know what I mean? It's like, we can talk about it a lot. And I just, I think it'd be more impactful if just people watched it. Yeah. And especially when there's not a lot about it that you can say that you're like, oh, I want to talk about this because this is bad or this is, I didn't understand this. Like, it's clear cut and they, you know, it, there's just not bad things to say about it. I mean, I guess the thing with it is, is like, since it is historical fact and all this other stuff, I mean, and like it's courtroom scenes and all that other stuff, I don't feel, I, I just don't really feel like there's too much you can actually spoil, per se. So I feel like just... In general, I don't know what in how in depth to go with some of this part of it. Outside of what Justin already did, whenever you know what's the way he you know talked about like a lot of the courtroom scenes and stuff like that, or the lines of dialogue, and I I guess I do agree, in like in some regards that those would be spoilers because I think it was kind of special just hearing or seeing those scenes or hearing those lines of dialogue when they happened. You know, it's not really that they spoil anything. It's just the moment is spoiled if you hear about it without seeing it. So I guess that's kind of my takeaway for some of the stuff in this movie. 
All right, so well, you guys want to move on now to 21 Bridges? Sure. Yes. All right, 21 Bridges. Um, Justin, go first. Okay. So, of the three movies that we have uh, watched in regards to Chadwick Boseman and everything like that, just these three films, this uh, definitely was my least favorite of the three. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of half and half on this movie. Like, this is just one of those movies where I think that it has a good cast of characters, you know, actors that you like, actors that can, uh, are doing the best they can with what's given and everything like that. But I just think that this is just one of those cop thriller movies that just fails when it comes to the narrative of the story. Like narratively, it just doesn't ever really take off. You know what's going to happen in this. You've seen this type of thing happen in these cop drama thriller movies. So you see uh, the 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 showdown and the resolution coming a mile away. I thought that this that there were some missed opportunities in this, which I'm sure we'll go more in detail in. And it's just sad because I do feel like this movie had some potential. There there was a lot of good camera work in this. There's some artistic things uh, going on in this movie. And I thought that Chadwick definitely was not the reason why. I didn't favor this movie. I thought that he did do well as the leading man and had his charm and just kind of had his charisma. He brought all of that to this and uh, does carry the movie uh, more often than not when he can. But man, this movie just is a disappointment. You know, as far as whodunit cop thrillers, you, you've just seen it all before. And we talk about cliches a lot and how there are good ones and bad ones. We did a whole episode on cliches and just things that are overdone. And I think that when it comes to cop dramas, this just has a lot of those elements that are just overdone. And they just need to find a better way to tell these types of stories. So, yeah, so this is just a mixed bag for me overall. Heather, what about you? It's tough because I really wanted to like this movie and I I really don't. Um, It is a lot of the same issues. It's honestly, it's mostly the fact that it's very slow and it is not captivating. It's very much the anti-Marshall <laughs> in a way. Like, it's just not one of those movies where you feel like you're really invested in the story. Um, they do not flesh out the characters very well at all, or really at all, almost. And it's it just it makes it hard for you to want to know what's going to happen in this movie Because you feel like there's just kind of like we've said, I think, with other movies before, Sterling usually says it is like there's just stuff happening on screen. (laughs) Like it's a movie where this is there's just people saying things and actions happening. And that's what's kind of happening in this movie the whole time. 
And it's it's one of those where I, I went into this movie thinking it was going to be completely different. Like, I thought this was going to be not necessarily like a revenge movie because I know in the trailer they kind of talk a lot about, oh, his dad was a cop and he was killed and all this stuff. And I actually thought this was going to have a little bit more to do with somebody who was associated with the people that killed his dad and he's tracking them down and he's kind of part of this thing that's going on. And, um, you know, I know we'll get into more details of the story, but it just wasn't at all like what I thought this story was going to be or what I thought this movie was going to be. And I don't think that the way they paste it or put the scenes together even or anything like that, I don't think it was good because it didn't make me want to be like, what's about to happen? Who's this? What's going on here? You know, and potential, like Jason said, is really the word that comes to mind with this one, because there really, there was potential in some, you know, there's, there's potential in a lot of ways for this movie to be a lot better than it was. And it was almost just like they wanted to make a movie just to say they made this movie about this thing, but they, it, it was almost like, what what kind of story were you trying to tell? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it just didn't, there was nothing in it that stood out. There was nothing in it that for me, at least that I connected to in any sort of way. So it just, it made it hard for me to be invested in this movie. And also it's not to say like, I think um, as, as far as like Chadwick's performance goes, I, I don't really ever, th- like, anything I've seen Chadwick in, I, I don't ever think he's bad in it. I think he's, I think he's great. I think he's subtle. I think he does very specific things, and he's a meticulous actor, and I think he's super talented. I think in this movie, it was the first time that I had really seen him play just a normal, everyday person, because he doesn't normally play just normal, everyday people. You know, he's playing either historical figures or iconic superheroes and in this movie he was just a normal guy and and that's fine you know what i mean like it's good to have where you can play just a bunch of different type of people but um that being said normal doesn't have to mean boring and no personality <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of what the character unfortunately was played out to be just with how the writing was i think the writing is the thing that hurt this movie the most I disagree with you, Heather. I have seen Chadwick Boseman put in a bad performance, and that's because I am one of the unfortunate people that have seen the movie Gods of Egypt. <laughs> oh, and okay, yes, yeah, no, he I haven't is in seen that, that movie. And yes, he's bad in it. Not because of him. Everyone is bad in that movie. It's not good. Uh, I disagree with both of you guys in this. I'm just gonna like sure say this movie fucking sucked. I really didn't didn't get any redeeming factors out of this movie. I thought there was maybe one, two scenes tops that were well acted by anybody. And I mean anybody. I I joked around before we were start recording that J.K. Simmons' role as the yellow peanut M&M is better acting than him in this movie. I stand by that. And it's nothing against J.K. Simmons. And it's nothing against Chadwick Boseman. It's some against Taylor Kitsch. He's a very uneven actor. But I also didn't realize I was Sienna Miller at all as his partner. I don't know why I didn't recognize her, but I didn't. 
For me, she's one of those people that has a very, like, I just feel like she looks like a couple of other actresses. And so sometimes it's hard for me to point her out above other people sometimes. I would just argue it's because her character was a boring character, too. Um, Honestly, I just I thought everything about this movie was boring. Everything. Uh, I don't necessarily fault the the actors for their lackluster performances. I think it had a terrible script. I think it had terrible directing. And I think the actors were literally just there to read lines and not act. I think they were scolded if they actually acted. I because that's what it seemed like there was so little acting in this movie I feel like that if they actually acted like the the director would yell cut and just go on a tirade about how these actors are ruining his movie by acting uh I just felt like it was a bunch of things fucking happening and I I hate I I truly hate the idea of this movie being called a thriller I truly do a thriller implies tension a thriller implies an element of surprise. I'll even give it leeway and say it's not always a good surprise. There's just nothing about this movie that's surprising at all. I think literally from the beginning of the movie, you have the distinct feeling of what the end is. I almost just said it because I, I don't even feel like it's a spoiler because the movie is just built in in this one particular way that it is what it is. I just think everything that this movie does is so paint by the numbers boring that it's not even painting the numbers it's literally just handing somebody a paint by the numbers and saying done did it and not actually coloring anything in i was incredibly disappointed by this movie from top to bottom and i just yeah no i'm not gonna say anything good about it because i don't think there is anything good about it I think there's one or two good moments, if that, but not enough to say anything in particular is good about this movie. I won't even say the casting is good because what's the point of getting a cast like this if you're not actually going to utilize them in an interesting way? So, nope, just nothing. Garbage movie. Ready for recommendations and scores? Sure. Yep. Did I spoil anything in there? I felt like I did, but I don't because I don't know what the fuck I'm saying at this point. Not really. I got close. I know I got close. I literally almost said the end of the movie, but then I changed my words <laughs> mid sentence. Um, I don't remember who goes first. Uh, Justin, you. What's your recommendation score? All right. Um. Well, this is um. A, a tough one to recommend. I mean, as far as like the cop thriller movies like this, I mean, you just seen it a hundred times. So, I mean, unless you just get a fix out of that, this whole kind of one good cop kind of story. Um, I mean, I guess that person would like this, but honestly, it's, uh, it, it's just not that great of a movie. So it's just a very tough one to to recommend. I mean, you know, if you're one of these Chadwick Bozeman, like if you're just trying to watch all of his movies and gain perspective of who he was or how he acted, things like that, maybe I could see that person watching this. But honestly, there are just better movies out than this if you need um 
a movie about a cop or trying to get your cop fixed, then I I just think that you have better options uh, than this. Um, End of Watch is a very good cop film. Well, I don't know. I could just go into yeah. all these uh, different cop movies, but you know, the, there are just better movies than this that you can watch. So, I can't in good conscience recommend this one unfortunately. Um, other than that, I do feel that this movie is a mixed bag, uh, but I'm going to go slightly lower than 50 just because I just think that it is not that, that that none of the actors could save this. I think that Chadwick is a charismatic lead, but he couldn't save this. Uh, the, the, the other, the rest of the cast is good, but none of them can just really save any of the cliches or any of the bad writing that's in this film. The, the, there are some good shots in this film. There's some decent choreography as far as just some of the gunplay and all of that stuff in this movie, but none of it can just save the, as Sterling said, paint by the number storyline and just plot points that you've seen a hundred times in a hundred movies like this. So with that being said, that's what I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it 45 (laughs) bridges that you won't be allowed to cross out of a hundred. Heather, what about you? Yeah, very much the same. I mean, it's, it's just a very basic story that is not told in a very interesting way. Um, I think the most interesting characters in it are the villains. Um, and that's a stretch because I'm not saying anybody's like interesting, interesting in it, <laughs> but I think they were more interesting to watch in this movie than most. Um, you're right. Like, I, I like how you said it, Justin, with the whole, like, you know, Chadwick's performance is fine and he is charismatic, but he couldn't save this movie. Like the, just the writing and the script and the storytelling of it is just not, it's not good enough of a story. Really. I just, I don't know that. I I don't know that it could have been made better if they had put other people in the movie. Cause I mean, the, the cast of people they have is a good cast of people. You know, it's just the story is just, it's too lacking in too many ways. And it is very boring. It's a super boring movie. Um, it was it was kind of hard to sit through it just because of how it's paced and all of these things. And um, it's just, I unfortunately, yeah, I, I can't say that I recommend it in any sort of way. It's by no means anybody's best work. Um, you know, it's it's inter- and it, it is interesting, <laughs> Sterling, what you said about Taylor Kitsch being a very uneven actor. I kind of see what you mean. I, you know, about that. I'm a fan of Taylor Kitsch, but I think what I've realized with him is that he's good in roles where it's not action. <laughs> like if it's just dramas or just, you know, stuff like that, I feel like he's very good. Like he's very good in Waco. He's very good in Friday Night Lights. But when it's action movies like the X Men movie or, um, assassin i think was the name of a movie that came out a couple years ago or something like this like for whatever reason they're just not his best roles um he doesn't do amazing in movies where there's like a lot of action type of stuff involved so um you know it's it's just one of those things but 
yeah, just in general, it's it's very forgettable at best. So my recommendation is no, it's not really worth your time to watch it. Um, and my score is going to be, um, hmm, what is my score going to be? Um, I'm going to give it 43. Um, yeah, I'll give it like 43 lining up police cars to, you know, stage a crime scene out of a hundred movies. Boring sucks. I'll recommend it. <laughs> I give it a zero. Very shitty ripoffs of Copland out of a hundred. <laughs> Simple and eloquent and to the point. Spoilers. Mm, sure. I really thought when you, you were talking about cop movies, Jess, I really thought you were going to you were going to say Copland because I really do think this is a shitty version of Copland. That's a, yeah, which is another great cop film, Copland. And it's kind of like along the same lines of, you know, that that cat and mouse game with cops and stuff like that. And it had that potential. It's just as soon as they were like, something is wrong about this. You're just like, yep, the cops did it. Cops are in on it. Cops are bad. Like, it was just so instant. And this movie didn't even have the the gumption or the respect for its audience to even try to throw an actual red herring at you. It didn't at all. At no <laughs> point did it even try to hide the fact that these cops were bad and were hunting them down to cover up their illegal crimes. The only mystery was what exactly were the crimes they were hiding? Like, I guess that was the big reveal of this movie of what, how evil are these cops? That's it. That's the big reveal. Like, there was so much other potential they could have done. I think it actually would have been a really cool ending if they did this whole movie just like it was. And at the end, when Chadwick Boseman's there at J.K. Simmons' house and... Like, they're acting like there's going to be tension and all this other stuff. Like, there's going to be, like, a big confrontation. If Chadwick Boseman's just like, man, your guys were sloppy. We almost got caught. It was, like, one of the dirty cops, too. I mean, mm, yeah, they throw so many things in this movie that make no sense. Like, why is the deputy mayor guy just sitting there constantly on Chadwick Boseman's ass about killing people? Like... To the degree that it doesn't make sense for, like, the way the movie actually plays out. Like, Chadwick Boseman kills one of these guys after he directly kills another person. And the guy's just like, yeah, you're just killing people left and right, aren't you? And I'm like, that's not even what (laughs) the movie's showing you. Like, after Sienna Miller's character shoots the other guy, which was a bad shoot, he tells her congratulations but then turns to chadwick boseman is like yeah you're just a murderer this other cop that murdered somebody good job though bro and you're like what what is actually going on the dialogue itself doesn't even match up with the scenes that are actually happening on the fucking screen it is mind-boggling like i don't know that's just what was so weird to me it's like this movie was like a connect the dots And you're like, yeah, and you're not even paying attention. You're just connecting all these dots. And you're like, yeah, connecting all these dots. And then just ends up being a straight fucking line. And you're like, oh, I just just made a line. That's all it was. Like, this movie was an insult to the thriller genre or just anything. I just, I was so 
unbelievably disinterested and bored this entire fucking movie. I am so glad that I started with Black Panther, watched 21 Bridges, and ended with Marshall. Because if it had been like any other way, I would have really ended up having a sour taste in my mouth (laughs) going into everything. Like, it is just, oh, it's mind-numbing is what this movie was to me. I feel like the only scene of actual acting was when Sienna Miller's character kills the one bad guy on the train. And the reactions that Chadwick Boseman has during that scene, I felt was the only good moment in this movie and the only time there was acting at all. I felt like that was the only time there was something other than somebody reciting a line that was written on a page. I mean, the action sequences to me were very straightforward. I felt it was kind of weird that when Chadwick Boseman's chasing the guy through the buildings, that it's like turns into a weird parkour movie. He's just people just in a chase scene are automatically parkour experts. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on? And just, I don't know. It just, it was really numbing to me. And I also, I did find it very interesting. And it's just because I've lived through something like this. When there's like, there's 21 bridges on and off this island. We close them all down. And they're like, oh no, how will New York survive if we close the bridges? And it's like only for a short pound of time. And then we'll be okay again. I worked in Chicago during a lot of these riots recently where they did raise a lot of the bridges. There are still a few access points to the city that they wouldn't be able to close anyway, but they could still, they legitimately raise the bridges. They're physically impossible because they're in two pieces raised up. And guess what you could still do? You could still get in and out of the city. And I do understand there's all the security and all this other stuff. And it was more difficult and like there's more traffic and all this other stuff. But the city of Chicago itself still didn't like just cease to exist because bridges were up or shut down. So the idea that New York could only survive for like four hours if we raise the bridges is just mind numbing. I understand there are more people in New York (laughs) and all this other stuff, but it is still doable. So it's just a weird artificial time frame to put on everything. And I understand it's meant to be a unique way of putting that time frame on things when you're like, yeah, there's 21 bridges in and out and all this other stuff. And and like, that's what the movie's named and everything. And it was just like a throwaway line type of situation. Like there wasn't anything even involving the bridges, like where the, the people were trying to get out and the bridges were getting shut down. And they're like, oh, fuck, we're trapped. We have to do another plan. No, like it just didn't really even affect anything then. I just... I, it is just so weird that this movie, I, I mean, I guess I'll give it credit because it wasn't offensively bad. I mean, this isn't showgirls, but <laughs> like, fuck, it's still so boring. This movie felt like a tension action movie made by people that have never seen a tension action movie. I guess in the same way that showgirls is a movie about sex from people that have never had sex. I guess it's the same in that regard, (laughs) but I just, I can't stress that with the cast, this movie had how much better it should have been. And it just wasn't that it wasn't even close to it. It wasn't like they swung and missed. It's not like the pitcher was throwing these balls and they were swinging. They were trying and the, the, the hits just weren't landing. 
I mean, this motherfucker is just standing there while the pitcher's throwing balls right down the middle. Just strike, 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 out. It just never lands a thing. It doesn't even really feel like it attempts to land the thing. It just goes through the motions and goes up to the, you know, up to the batter's box just to say it was an at-bat. And I just, I can't stress how happy I was I didn't see this in theaters and how sad that I am that I actually still watched it anyway. And paid money for it, too. I own this movie now. That sucks even more. I own this movie in iTunes. It'll be there forever as long as Apple is a company, which will be forever. because They've got like a $2 trillion or some shit. I can't even lose this. I can't even like move and accidentally forget to put this movie in the box. It's in the cloud and will follow me around forever. And that's depressing. And I say all that. And I own Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> and I'm less bothered by the fact that people know that than now everybody knows I own 21 Bridges. I am sad now, and it is way too late at night to get this depressed. I hope you guys are happy, even though I'm the one that suggested we did this. Fuck me. I suck as a person for suggesting this. I am sorry. This is my formal apology to you two guys for making you watch this shithole of a movie. Because I was like, oh, let's do the last three movies that Chadwick Bowman did. I'm a dick. I'm sorry. One of you guys go now. I think my only, not my only, but my biggest problem with this movie also is just that they did not flesh out these characters. Like, I mean, you see a couple of moments in it where Chadwick is, you know, you, you get a little bit on his personal level of you know, like what's going on in his life. But I mean, really, it's just the fact that, oh, he is taking care of his mom, you know, and they don't really do anything with that other than just showing you that at the beginning. And that's pretty much the only only time that that's ever even brought up or seen or anything like that. And it's just it's just one of those situations where probably the backstories would have been good or it would have been at least a little bit more helpful in understanding their motives or understanding anything about these characters that you're supposed to care about, you know? And, um, and that was a big problem with it. And like, even the, the case itself and how they just talk about this case and everything that goes on in it, like you feel like it's not even like something that, seems personal like i for me i feel like with the way this movie's set up and just like i don't know i just feel like it's a movie where it should have been some kind of a case or something where it was a lot more personal for chadwick's character or a lot more personal just maybe even with that team of people whatever it is like you know yeah there's somebody that you know killed a bunch of cops but beyond that it's just like you know like it's just like they took this more personally than they have anything else that they've ever done, but they don't really tell you why. Like, it's like, well, why is this something you're taking more personally than any other case you've had or anything like that? And that bothered me. So that, that was a big problem I had with this movie is just not fleshing out the characters and honestly, not even making it where you care about the end result that much because it's not personally attached with anything else going on with any of these characters. Or if it is, you don't know, <laughs> you know, it's, that's my big problem with it other than what we've already discussed about how slow it is and how boring it is and things like that. But that's, um, that's really my issue with it. Like, 
the villains of the movie who are Taylor Kitsch and uh, Stefan James, they, I mean, it's not like they're in it a whole, whole lot, but Stefan James is a little bit more in it. He was just a lot more of an interesting character than most of the others, you know, because he, you feel like he had at least some kind of an urgency of like what he was trying to do. I don't know. It, it just, it just felt like, there there was not really anybody for you to be like rooting for all that much, even on the good guy's side. So that's my, my big issue with this movie. Okay. And for me, um, yeah, you guys definitely made a lot of valid points. And I think um, when it comes to me, yeah, a lot of what Heather said reigns true for me too. It was just a lack of character development. So, it's just very difficult to invest in these characters when you're not really developing them. And, and it's like the movie wrote itself into a trap because because you put this weird time limit and the 21 bridges, nobody can go anywhere, which that was a great point that Sterling made. I was like, what did any of this have to do with the bridges? I mean, even if it was something like, well, we've got to go like the person or the clue that we need. We're going to have to search some of these places or the or the clues or somehow have to do with the bridges or maybe the clue is somewhere and the the bridge you know something about you know if there was something about that to tie into the plot of this movie that definitely would have helped it but yeah it just feels like 21 bridges is just said as a line and and yeah the bridges are up and that's why we have this movie but because this had to be solved basically in a matter of hours or in a night or whatever that is, you kind of wrote yourself into a corner because you didn't have time to develop anybody. And with the Chaswick, Chadwick Boseman character, sure, he did. He gave a great effort to try to play this character and uh, his charisma is, is what carries the, the movie through to the end. But yeah, all we get about this character is, is that he's taking care of his mother. Obviously, his father was a former police officer and died um and died and everything. And that sort of had an effect on Chadwick. That was why he chose this career and everything like that. But I mean, why wasn't anything presented to really challenge his ideals or his stance on what a cop is or anything like that? And even though this movie tries to act like it has those things, it, it, it just doesn't. You know, he's a by the book cop and he kind of follows his morals and everything through and through to the end and nothing really is presented I felt like to really change this character's path or to challenge this character's views and, and I mean and that's the reason why in the Black Panther movie the T'Challa character is so good because he had this view of his father and when he finds out the conspiracy with Killmonger and everything that his father did, it challenges that character's views. And it challenges him to think about, okay, what kind of king 
am I going to be? Because I looked up to my father. I had this view of what I thought a king should be. And then Killmonger comes along and it's like, dang, dude, like it challenged that character's perspective of what a king is. And this movie is the total opposite of that. It doesn't give anything to challenge this character's views or his motives or why he does. So when we get to the end of the movie and J.K. Simmons is given this this monologue and I and I love J.K. J.K. Simmons is a great actor, in my opinion. Just watch something like Whiplash. Just watch something like that. And, and, and you can't tell me that J.K. Simmons is not a great actor. And he really tries to deliver these lines well. But when he's given this monologue about why these policemen do, did this or why they're crooked or why he was doing these corrupt things. And this movie tries to have some nuance. And he's like, look, we're not bad people. I only did this because these police deserve to have a good life. You know, that they deserve to have a better quality of life. They're going out here. They're risking their lives every day. And look at the public. They don't care about them. They talk so bad about them. And, 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 and they're just that they just have a shit life. And that's why I did this, Chadwick Boseman. That's why I did this. That's why I have to do this. I mean, don't you agree, man? Like, don't you agree that our job is so hard and it's so tough and that's why I have to bend and break a little bit? Don't you agree with this? And then the Chadwick Boseman's character's like, well, whether that matters or not, you're going to have to go to jail. You know, I'm going to have to arrest you. And that's the end of that, you know, like there was just nothing like and and that was just so laughable to me because they tried to have this tension and this whole thing about morals and stuff. And if there had been something there where and if maybe the Chadwick character had been at a point in the story where he was challenged on some of his views and everything. And then here's this final view to put him in a situation where a decision has to be made. But none of that happened. So much like Sterling said, this character is a straight line from beginning to end. Where is the arc of this character? And I think that is just a microcosm for everybody else. Every character was just who they were and that was it. They're a villain and that's what they're doing. They're they're crooked cops and that's who they are. This is... um, This is a straightforward story, and that's what it is. And unfortunately, that's what you wind up getting in this movie. So you just feel that all these actors, all these characters, you just feel like this story was just such an infinite waste of potential. And I think that that is why the, the, just the, there, there was a plot here and there was a story here, but not enough attention was given to how we flesh out that plot in that story. And overall, the, the, that is the train wreck that is this film. I also think one thing that really hurt this film is the fact that like their investigation never had a lull in it. Like every time they hit a dead end like when the cops just killed that guy that was linked to everybody else before anybody questioned anything just walked in him and shot him 
like you're like oh well you know now their backs are going to be against the wall and they're they're going to have to be creative and figure out stuff and all this other stuff no it's just they get a phone call nope they're here and then they go there right like there's no yeah there's there's no at no point is their investigation ever stalled in trouble anything they are always 30 seconds away from getting to the bad guys at all points in time throughout this movie they never have any wrong leads any wrong suspicions any trouble finding anybody they just the first witness they come across knows the identity of both of the people who were the uh bad guys from the get-go i mean there was just at no point were they having any problems i mean that's just not how police work works at all they're just so quick on everything and it's just that adds into the unoriginality of it all I mean, their investigation plays out like a Law and Order episode where they've got to get the entire investigation and court case in an hour TV show. But even then, the TV show acknowledges that, like, months take place during that. Like, the investigation is days and days and weeks and weeks and all this other stuff, and that the court case is, like, months later. You know what I mean? They acknowledge that within the show, at least. This one goes at the same breakneck pace... Because they want to artificially say, oh, it has to happen in four hours. It's just at no point did you ever think wasn't going to happen. Nothing. It's just everything about this is so uninspired and so unoriginal and just so. Uh, I think this movie did more damage to me than I originally thought. Oh, it's draining. Even talking about it is draining. It was so draining to watch. It's so yeah, we should have talked about Marshall draining last. to talk to, <laughs> talk about. No, I, I, I wouldn't want to, t- but that's the thing is I'd be so drained that my Marshall review would have been, it's good, watch it, good, <laughs> that's it. I know I didn't even say that much on it originally. I just think I would have said even less. And once again, this has zero to do with Chadwick's performance in this. It has everything to do with it's just a bad fucking movie any other thoughts about 21 bridges no um no real thoughts but just to also provide some uh just kind of a different perspective um i think it's very interesting that um on rotten tomatoes this movie got like 50 something percent so about kind of where yeah yeah 53 so about where our scores were but interestingly enough the fans gave this 91%. So I think that is worth talking about because that's a huge discrepancy. And I know we talked about this whole thing about critics versus fans and different things like that. But this is, um, we kind of wanted to celebrate Chadwick a little bit in this. And I think that this kind of speaks to what a charismatic lead can, how they can influence a movie. Because even when you're looking through these fan reviews and everything like that, they're even the ones that didn't like this movie are talking about it wasn't Chad's fault. You know, I followed it because he was in it. Or I stuck with this because Chad Chadwick does put this movie on his shoulders and carries it through to the end. So 
if there is one thing I can say about it is that as bad as this movie was, the people who were in it and the acting that was in it, and namely Chadwick, is often named by these fans that gave this 90% as the reason why they watched this, stuck with it, or and some of them even yeah. liked it. So I think that also is a testament to his talent. Like, I think that sometimes... We get caught up, especially in a lot of these movies and stuff like we get caught up in the good and bad of these movies. But sometimes we forget to point out those movies that are bad. But because this actor showed up, that movie has a better reputation than it deserves. And this happens a lot. You know, this is not something that is rare. I think this happens with a lot of movies, and this is how movies get quote-unquote overrated. That It may be an overrated film, an overrated script, an overrated story, but oftentimes that is because actors and actresses show up and make it something bigger than what it is. So I think that this is one of those situations where A bad movie like this sometimes can speak to an actor's ability and talent and the ability to just kind of capture people more than sometimes a good movie can. Yeah, I can agree with that because, I mean, there's a lot of times where I watch a movie just because I'm excited for who's in it. And to be fair, with 21 Bridges, Chadwick is also the reason I wanted to watch it because I was like, he was so great in Black Panther. I bet he's going to be great in this. You know, yeah. so I completely get that. And I think that that is very valid. And and I think it's also it's also just insane too. just thinking back, obviously, on what we know now and like his everything he was going through personally while he was making these movies. And he's still turning in these performances, these really great performances for the most part. And there's just also something to be said for that, like just showing up and really just putting in the work and doing an amazing job and making such an impact on people, making movies that people want to see, even if they're not living up to the standard you might hope they would, but still making so many great movies that people are just really looking forward to seeing. And you're dealing with like a crazy, terrible illness at the same time. And I just think that that speaks so much to work ethic for him. And I think that that could also be a big reason why, you know, his, his performances are so revered, you know, and why his performances are what they are, because even if they are subtle and even if they are, there's these, there's always moments in his performances where it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be the big moments. It's even little things. It's in expressions. It's in his eyes. It's in what he's saying or how he's saying it even like, just those little things that you feel like he was, he was thinking about those things. You know, those were things that he was, he just everything that he did, he, he gave really all of his effort into these roles while being so sick. And I just think that that is, that's incredible. And that is just something that you, I, I just, I feel like it's so rare to see somebody who like can put in these insane performances and these very physically demanding performances, you know, 
um, while dealing with that. And I just think that that deserves a lot of respect. That's a great point, Heather. That's I'm glad you said that. That is a great point. And yeah, you're right. Like just what it must have taken to do these roles. And like you said, something so physical, like a Black Panther or something where you're constantly playing these prominent black figures that are these strong people and these strong men and everything like that. And the whole time your body really is weakening and deteriorating, but still finding that strength and that believability. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. And yeah, that man did that, man. He did that. And like, even even in that, I mean, you think about it kind of puts a different perspective on how good his acting actually might be in the sense of literally nobody knew what he was dealing with while he was making these movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, and that does remind me of something that recently came out from one of his co-stars uh, from the five bloods with uh, Clark Peters uh, from the wire. And he was talking about filming uh, defy bloods with Chadwick Boseman. And he was talking about how, like when they would film on set and stuff and he was like, well, he feels like he's, and his quote was, is a, he felt like Chadwick Boseman was a little precious. And that's because like when they were, they would stop filming or, you know, anything like that. He'd have this, a quote unquote Chinese practitioner massaging his back and a makeup artist massaging his feet. And his girlfriend would just sit there and hold his hand like between their scenes and stuff like that. And he kind yeah. of felt like it was like, the popularity and the status from black Panther was like getting to him that he was just, you know, had to be pampered all the time and couldn't just co film a movie with everybody and all this other stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, comes to, you know, find out later, just like everybody else that, yeah, he was dying of cancer and that was literally him doing what he could do to essentially be able to physically, manifest or to physically make himself be able to film a movie Mm. was to have that type of care and that like that support from his girlfriend and and stuff like that it was just that was him just actually you know working his way through it to be able to do what he doing the job that he loved doing yeah you know and when clark davis was talking about this uh, he was uh he he got incredibly emotional like started like break down like crying while talking about it because he felt so bad for judging him uh, for mm. that and for thinking those things about him. What did I say his name was? It's Clark Peters. If I said it wrong, I'm sorry, Clark Peters. But yeah, it's just, it kind of goes to into what you guys were talking about with that too, that even though some of the people were seeing some of the things he was doing to alleviate some of the symptoms of his cancer and to be able to do the films he was doing, they didn't come across as that's why he was doing it because of how private he was and how good he was at just hiding it and doing, uh, you know, doing his job anyway. Yeah. And that is, I mean, and, and that is interesting too. I actually had just heard about that story as well. And, and it's, it's interesting too, because like, I, I just feel like I I've heard so, so much lately, you know, in the past week, at least of, people were 
criticizing him or they kept questioning like, man, you're losing a lot of weight or you're dropping weight or how did you lose so much weight for this role? And, and even in interviews and stuff like that, you see him really trying to dodge the question, you know, and just kind of change his subject or really just be short with his answers because he doesn't, he didn't want to talk about it probably for the fact that, you know, of why he was losing weight and stuff. But, you know, it's just, it is so interesting. And I just feel like, if there's anything that proves like you cannot judge what someone might be going through, or you, you cannot judge a person because you don't know what they're going through. Like this is like the greatest testament to that statement because like it, it's just, and that's what was so shocking in general about, you know, hearing about his death is because nobody had any clue about it. And the shock factor of that is really what, I think what hit home and I think that is a big part of what hit hard for me. And I'll be honest, like this one, this one hit me hard. Like we've had a lot of deaths happening lately, but this one hit me in a different way. And I don't know, I can't really specifically say why exactly, except I just think it's partially just because it's so shocking and it's it's just one of those where you know, it wasn't even on your radar to think that that would be happening to him. And the fact that he is so young and just the, the fact that his, his impact and the, the characters he's played on screen were just so important. There were such important stories to tell and, you know, he did them so, so graciously and in such a good way. And I think that that's really what made it hard, but it's just, you know, I, I think the older I get too, I just <laughs> hearing about deaths of people hits me harder. I feel like the older I am. And I think it just, it's because it makes you realize the brevity of life and it makes you realize like nobody's guaranteed a certain number of years, no matter how healthy you think you might be or how, how much you try to be healthy and active and fit or, whatever it may be, like nobody is guaranteed that time. And he, he genuinely just seemed like someone who like lived every single moment that he could of the time that he had and turned in so much great work for us and so much creative, you know, art in a sense, and just all of this talent that he gave us which was in a way it's, it's really selfless because he's like, I want my legacy to be more of these performances that you remember me by and not by my illness. And I think that there's something to be said for that selfless sacrifice of not making it about that when he easily could have made it about that. And I just think that speaks to his character of who he was as a person. And he has this demeanor about him and you just feel like he, he was just a very, like one of the most chill people ever, you know, he was, he just never seemed phased by fame or anything and really just a very humble seeming person with some wisdom. And, and I think that's why he chose to just want to keep it to himself, you know? So, yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. Um, that you made right there too. And, uh, yeah, and I just, um, you know, I said earlier that he just has this aura of strength about him. And you just feel that in a lot of these roles that he takes, there's just this sense of strength and pride and just this dignity about him. And 
when you look at this situation, I mean, the strength that it must have taken to do this, you know, time in and time out, movie after movie, and still be in that condition, but then also uh, wanting to be a strong figure, understanding the importance of people not having sympathy for him and not wanting that aspect to kind of take over his career or overshadow the important roles that he was trying to play and the important messages that he knew he had. And it was almost like you you just feel like he was a person who understood how important he was just being a, a, a black public figure and what that means and what you have to be day in and day out in front of that camera and what you uh want to portray and how you have to represent yourself and him saying that I'm you know I'm going to keep this cancer thing private I will share that with my family and friends and I will go through that with them and they will be there for me but when it comes to this right here I, I, I want to be I, I need them to see me as that pillar of strength that strong black man who's opinionated who has yeah. who's who's good you know who stands steadfast in his stances and is just as professional and has that demeanor that same professional just outstanding demeanor that I want to be the 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 same have that same uh those same elements those same characteristics as my white co-workers and counterparts and I think without a shadow of a doubt, he did that. You know, he showed that he lived that despite his illness. And it just and and I think understanding that is why it hit me so hard, because uh, I mean, you just felt like when I got that news, you just felt like. We lost something important. You know what I mean? It just felt like, and not saying that anybody who dies is not important. Some people don't die and I go, yeah, well, he's not important. I'm not saying that, but this definitely felt like a significant loss. Like I just, I mean, when I got the news, I didn't believe it at first. I thought it wasn't, I just thought it wasn't true. And then as I saw more and more news outlets reporting it, yes, it's true. He died. He died. And it was just like something just sunk down to the, the, the pit of my stomach. And I just realized I was just like, man, dude, like this is a big loss. And thinking about this and what he must have been going through and the strength that he showed despite that is just a testament to that, you know? Yeah. No, that's very true. Anything else, guys? Nope, nope. I'm good. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simmons Slayers podcast. I'm not going to do the normal outro on this, just like I didn't do the normal intro. Just once again, this episode's for Chadwick Bozeman and I'm not even going to do my normal thing. Just once again, Wakanda forever.